everybody. Welcome back to Ghostly Haunts. This is Katie Buller-Kentner with another story of ghost hauntings, history, and mystery. This week we're examining a well-known theater in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, the beautiful and still very well-utilized Haunted Grand Opera House. Let's look at some history from the Grand's website. The Grand Opera House opened its doors on August 9th, 1883 with the production of The Bohemian Girl by the C.D. Hess Opera House Company. It was beautifully decorated, quite opulent, and was host to many well-known performers of the day for many years. In 1950, the building was renamed the Grand Theater as it was being converted to a movie theater, and over the years, citizens became concerned about the building, which was falling into disrepair. They formed a committee titled Save the Grand. This committee had the building placed on both the state and national historic registers. Good for them. Once again, the name was changed, this time to the Grand Opera House, or more locally, just the Grand. But the real story for us is the ghosts. In my opinion, many theaters have legends of hauntings, and the Grand is no exception. Some of the stories concern the ghost of a former stage manager who served the Grand for many years, a well-known and beloved employee. After this individual uh, passed away in 1967, stories of his return started uh, circulating. People seemed to think they saw him in the theater. They saw him in the theater's windows as they passed by. He was seen by people touring the building, and even well-known investigator Lorraine Warren claimed to have seen him physically when he was touring, she was touring the building. Other stories concerning the Grand have been told to me over the years. For example, I heard basically the same story from two different people who did not know each other, and I heard them at different times. Each related how a child of theirs had been in a production being presented at the theater, and each child had accidentally fell down some stairs leading to the dressing rooms from the wings of the stage. In each case, the child was caught, one by a pair of hands, invisible hands, the other landing on an office chair that somehow had rolled into the correct position at the bottom of the stairs. Was it the stage manager? Now, another story came from a docent who told us about a visitor getting lost in the somewhat maze-like dressing room area below the uh, auditorium. When this visitor came upon a man in a side hallway, sitting on a chair reading a newspaper, she asked him which way was out. He pointed toward the nearest exit, and she found it and made her way out. Now, when she got up there to the lobby, she asked uh, an employee uh, who the helpful person was who had helped her out, and she was directed towards a newspaper clipping that was framed and hanging on a wall. It was the ghost. The newspaper clipping was a report of his passing. Other sightings include a dog appearing on a video monitor in the uh, in the director's booth above the audience. When the director asked the actors on stage to remove the dog, the actors looked puzzled and told the director there was no dog. People have felt dogs rubbing against their legs and actually heard dogs barking in the theater. 
Doors slam on their own. A child dressed in vintage clothing looking down in the lobby from theater girls is quite a sight. A woman crying on the stairs leading up to the balcony is heard. An actor on stage for a rehearsal was applauded by a woman in red who was sitting out in the auditorium. Her description matched, the, matched that of his mother who had recently passed away in another state. A theater volunteer also reported that when she had to try to take a seat to watch a rehearsal, she sat on an invisible lap. She tried another seat, and it happened again. The Grand's ghosts are apparently pretty good pranksters. Now, a few years ago, I was privileged to be allowed to investigate the theater quite by accident. It happened this way. As a ghost investigator, I would hold occasional public ghost walks in the local cemetery and the walking trail behind it as a way for people to get to know me and for me to get to know them and maybe dig up a few more investigations. Uh, we would uh, gather their stories as we went. Now, attendance was normally less than a, than a dozen people, which worked perfectly well for the purpose. One near as Halloween drew close, I was interviewed by the local newspaper um, in sort of an, in an online chat, so, it, so a lot of people were tuned in. And I happened to mention the ghost walk, and after I mentioned it, I knew this was a mistake. The newspaper published it, except for one thing. <laughs> they published the wrong information. Now, I was completely freaked out by it, and rightly so. We decided to check the wrong location first, a uh, walking trail behind the cemetery. That night, there must have been a 100 people there, I swear. To make it worse, I got a report from one of my friends who was still on their way in that people were also gathering over at the cemetery main entrance, which is also not where we usually meet. Both places were wrong. Now, luckily, some of my ghost hunting friends in the area who had come to the walk agreed to uh, help out, and I recruited them to uh, sort of mitigate the problems. We split up into two teams, and we sent one team with the people that wanted to go down the first location, which was actually a uh, walking trail that had once been a railroad track. That, that ran behind the cemetery, between the cemetery and the Fox River, which is, you know, it's a pretty creepy trail. And the other team, including me, went over to the cemetery, and we gathered up all the people there that um, were waiting to go on a tour. Now, <laughs> over there, it's kind, of, it's kind of funny, but with all the people there, uh, and the neighborhood's got a little got a little upset by it, so someone called the police. So an officer came over, and I, I knew this was trouble, so I went right away to talk to him, and uh, I had a chat with him and assured them that this was a big mistake and we are going to walk the cemetery. The cemetery is open 24-7, so it's, it's just a matter of keeping people under control. I assured him that we would not allow anyone to damage any of the graves or any of the markers or anything in the cemetery. We were just going to be there for maybe an hour, and then we were going to go home. Uh, now, the uh, side bonus for me, the one smile I got all night was when the officer's car suddenly rolled back out onto the street from the driveway of the cemetery. It did it by itself. Now, I assume he had not put it in, in park, 
But it was kind of funny seeing him run after it to, to catch it. And he did catch it. Nobody was hurt. Nothing happened. So to that officer, I do apologize for laughing. Anyway. Um, well, the upshot of the whole thing is that the tours actually went really well. So um, I don't know. I'm the only one that freaked out, I guess. There was... A nice little benefit from that, and that was that I got a phone call from uh, the newspaper, someone at the newspaper, I believe it was, who told me that the Grand was interested in having the theater investigated on the following Halloween, which was just a few days away. Actually, it was a, it was the next day, now that I think about it. And could I get a team together to come in at 4.30 in the morning and investigate until 9 o'clock when a radio station was actually going to start broadcasting from there? And I just went, sure, I can do that. I didn't know who I'd get, but I somehow I managed to get a bunch of people together. We actually got a pretty good-sized team together, and we got into the Grand uh, to investigate it for uh, three and a half hours. It was awesome. It's beautiful in there. Um, now, in the meantime, since we have investigated there, we actually got in there a couple of times, but uh, this is from the first, all that I'm going to talk about tonight is the first investigation, but I do want to uh, commend the Grand <laughs> for, for, first of all, letting us in, and then uh, a few, you know, a couple years later, the ceiling in that auditorium actually fell down. And this is a renovated theater, and they had not been able to fix that. It was water damage. So it finally fell down. Luckily, nobody was in the theater. Nobody got hurt. So it was closed for a while, and they got a new ceiling in there, and it is good to go again. So anyway, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of, uh, about what we found. We, when I say we, it's the royal we. I don't have anybody here with me. It's just me. So, and I find myself talking too fast. I'm going to try to slow down with this. Uh, give me a minute here, and I am going to put up some uh, files. Actually, not even a minute. It's just going to be a second as far as you guys are concerned. So, hold on. Lots of interesting quarters. Yes, it is. Okay, now I'm going to uh, talk about this for just a second because I have no idea what that said. I have none at all. It's garbled, but this was recorded in the orchestra pit uh, below the stage. That's one thing about the Grand, is that uh, the uh, the EVPs we did get there, some of them were quite soft. But this one, if somebody can listen to that and figure out what it is saying, I w and let me know, I would be most grateful for that. I have no idea what they're saying. So let's go on to something else that you can actually hear. How about that? Okay, who let the dogs out? <laughs> okay. 
Remember what I mentioned about a ghost dog in the theater? Well, gosh darn it, there he is. But most people have reported it as a larger dog. However, the person who reported having a dog rub against her leg thought it was a smaller dog. And I'll tell you, that thing sounds just like my little Pomeranian. Sounds just exactly like him. So are there two dogs in the auditorium, and where would they have come from? Now, people also have reported in the past of um, seeing people, other people, <laughs> ghost people, with uh, each other, in couples coming from what used to be an underground passage from a hotel across the street. Now, the hotel has been turned down for a long time. It's gone. There's a bank there or something now. But it was the Aetherian Hotel in Oshkosh. So, A-T-H-E-A-R-N, if you want to look it up. It was there for a long time. It was where the the elite stayed to go to the opera, go to, the, go to vaudeville. There's a lot of vaudeville there. Well... Apparently, people are still coming from the hotel because, uh, apparently, uh, from what I understand, there are people being seen in period dress, late 19th century, early 20th century dress, coming in from what used to be the, the tunnel entrance and exit under the Grand Auditorium. This is actually in the lower level see them walking down the hallway like they're going to go up to the theater. People have also reported, uh, uh, docents, for instance, I believe, have reported having someone tug at them like a child as they are giving tours down there. And they do give tours in there uh, probably more around Halloween than any other time. So you might want to check their schedule uh, in the month of October and see what's going on. Speaking of children, uh, when we were down there uh, investigating, I took a, a group of people from different teams, and there was one team that had uh, kind of uh, parked themselves down in the lower level, which is dressing rooms, orchestra pit, utility, restrooms, things like that. They recorded this little voice. Does that break your heart or what? Did you understand it? Always, you can let me know. Um, go to our site on Patreon.com, and I believe you can contact me through there. For some reason, Buzz Buzz Sprout doesn't have a, a link. This is a little, sounds like a little girl. Uh, and if you didn't know what she's saying, I think she's saying, Hello? Just like that. Hello? Kind of creepy, isn't it? I hope there aren't any ghost kids down there. I really do. Maybe maybe she's the one that's got the dog. I don't know. Anyway, um, another group, including me, uh, spent some time up in the balcony. And while we were there, this was getting late and uh, around 8.30 in the morning. Uh, this, the theater let a tour group in. I wasn't aware that this was going to happen, but they sometimes people can tour the theater if they have made special arrangements. So I had my recorder going, and 
I recorded someone singing as they're going through the auditorium. Now, take a listen to this. Did you hear the singer? Now, I was there. Nobody was singing. The only thing I can figure is it's either a live person somewhere else in the building that we don't know about singing, or it's a ghost. <laughs> I vote for the ghost. I think the ghost has a good voice. So That's not the only singer we got. Now, again, going back to the group that was down in the dressing area, they were, they too found a singer. So let me um, stick that in here. Hold on a second. Okay, did you hear her? It's a her. We know it's a her. Now, here's the creepy thing to me. I I do sing, and I am, you know, mostly a shower singer. But I used to sing in a like a little little uh, labor group that we play guitars, banjos, and we sang labor labor music. I was in a choir at uh, the University of Wisconsin Women's Chorus for a semester. I was a I was auditing the course, so they let me do it for free because they didn't have many altos. And, and I also sang in church choir for a while, a couple years. So I've gotten to know my voice over the years. I'm currently uh, involved with getting ready for uh, singing in a production of The Sound of Music. I'll be Sister Berta. The mean one. But you know what? I think this voice, it sounds like me. I don't know that song. I'm going to put it in here again, let you take a quick listen again. Oh, my God. 
that's just weird and creepy. But I have to give credit to our investigator, Anne, who actually recorded the uh, hello and this last singer one and uh, the dog bark. Um, she, she got some really amazing things there. Now, I do have one more I'm going to talk about, and this is one that I, I got. And it's it kind of uh, upsets me a little bit. Now, remember I mentioned earlier in the podcast that there is a uh, child ghost that looks down on theater goers who are in the lobby. Now, he's looking down from kind of a bridge that connects the right and left balcony stairs. But it's a bridge so that you can go back and forth on that level, the balcony level, between the two sides of the balcony without tripping over people. But it, it has a railing. It's really quite nice, you know, but people can stand up there and look down at people in the lobby. Well, one of the reports of the ghost, as I said, was a child up there. Now, they think it looks like a boy of, I think, around 12. And he seems to be dressed in sort of a 19th century newsboy look. That is, uh, maybe a wool cap, uh, a sweater, or maybe a long shirt, maybe knickers, because boys wore short pants then. Uh, but he's looking down at the crowd. Now, we were up in the balcony that the night of the event, or the morning of the investigation. And I was up there with my husband and another investigator, a young man. Not much was really happening. It was pretty quiet up there. I heard the young young fellow say something a few times, but nothing really happened right around when this next recording was made. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put that in here right here. Okay, did you hear that voice? Young boy, male, I'm sure. I think what he is saying in, in kind of an almost a British accent is, could you take us to? Implying there's more than one. This one makes me very sad because he sounds like he's, he wants to leave. So what do you think? I'm going to play it one more time. Just a second. I do think it's Could You Take Us To. In the past recordings, I am not a professional expert ghost investigator by any means. I usually go to an investigation with just a camera, a voice recorder, maybe a spirit box. And my smartphone now, because I have an app or two I like to play around with. So I just, I have no idea. I hope this isn't someone who's trapped there. Anyway, that's our little tour of the Grand for now. If you get up to Oshkosh, you should check out their schedule, see what's what's playing. It is a beautiful theater. 
very well taken care of now that the ceiling has, has been repaired. But it was taken care of before, too. It's just they did not know of the extent of the water damage up there. So I have actually, now that I think of it, I've actually had the privilege of singing in that theater. And not for the ghost hunt. I actually did sing for the ghost hunt and didn't get anything. But uh, I was in a production called Images of Labor in American Musical Theater, which was mostly works by the composer Mark Blitzstein. It's a wonderful theater for a performer. The Green Room is great. You know, they, always, they had a lot of good snacks down there. <laughs> so... Anyway, um, I encourage you to visit Oshkosh. It's a, it's kind of a haunted place, but it's actually a really nice, nice little town. It's right on Lake Winnebago, which is the largest man-made freshwater lake that's completely contained by a state. Boy, there's a lot of qualifications there. It's also on the Fox River. And I will tell you a little bit more about uh, the waters there. The Fox River runs um, from the center of the state, um, starts somewhere around Partyville, and winds its way up to Green Bay through going through Lake Winnebago. Now, in the Fox, uh, Fox Valley area, which is Oshkosh, Appleton, Nina, that area, there is a lake called Lake Butte Moor. That's what they call Butte Moor, if you if you you uh, call it that way. It is a French term for Hill of the Dead. It's a big lake, uh, pretty good size, and it's part of a chain of lakes that includes Lake Winnicottie, Lake Pogan, and so on. But the reason it's called Lake Butte Moor is that uh, back in the early 19th century, there were some problems between the French and the local Indians, Native Americans. I believe these were either Sauk or Fox Indians. I can't remember which. But there was a an issue with the, the local Native tribes trying to charge tolls to use the river. And the river was intensely traveled. It was because it it was a very important waterway, especially for traders and fur trader fur traders, uh, people bringing goods up and down the river. So at the time, Wisconsin was controlled by the French, and uh, this was very early in the nineteenth century. And the French decided to knuckle down on them, and basically they massacred them. They massacred these Native Americans. So when the massacre was over, all these bodies that they had, all the people they had killed, were buried in one mass grave, the Hill of the Dead. So if um, any area is haunted, it sure is that the Fox Valley is. A lot of strife, a lot of uh, history. I'm going to talk a little bit next week about a house that kind of was affected by some of that history. So uh, be sure to tune in for that. In the meantime, I want to remind you that I am a volunteer for 
the Bill Street Theater in Kingman, Arizona. And I want to encourage you to go to Patreon and look me up there, Ghostly Haunts. And if you can spare a dime to uh, donate, I forward anything collected to Beale Street Theater in favor uh, to restore an old movie theater in downtown Kingman, Arizona, back to useful state uh, for uh, theatrical productions and community use. So I hope you do that. Uh, if you have any other questions, why don't you email me at F as in Frank, V as in Kate, V as in Victor, S as in Sam, H as in Henry, K A T I E at gmail.com. That's F V S H K A T I E at gmail.com. Give me an email and, uh, Give me your questions or tell me if you think I'm full of it or whatever you want to do. Just be nice. That's all I ask. So um, we are now winding down again, so I'm not going to gibber too much. I think I got fewer ums in. That was nice. I didn't. Have, I might not have to edit so many out. <laughs> again, I am a beginning podcaster, so please forgive me when I screw up. And I'll try not to screw up so often. So thanks thanks so much for tuning in. And I'll uh, see you next time. Have a great week. And uh, remember, social distancing, wash your hands, and wear those masks. We, don't, we want to see you back as a living person, not as a ghost. Adios. <laughs>